Like, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm putting my belt on right now. Like Colton's on and I'm putting my belt on. <laughs> For weightlifting? No, 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 no. Like so your pants don't fall down. I think, he was, I think he was doing something suspicious anyway. beforehand. <laughs> something below the <laughs> Colton, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, absolutely. What time is it where you're at? Uh, nine o'clock. Oh, that is a decent time. It's 7 a.m. here. Yeah. I'm in California, but I get up at 6 to like start drinking coffee and make sure I'm not dead when you come on. Yeah. Yeah, I usually get up. And I'm having iced coffee early. this morning. Oh, yeah? I just got some water and some chocolate milk over here. Your schedule is insane. Do you know what your you schedule is insane, Colton? <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect answer. Yeah. So, so you, so you don't know, or you do know? Yeah, I know. It was, um, <clears throat> uh, it was definitely a big consideration when I uh, started training more with how I was gonna work out with uh, coming back home to the farm after I graduated last year, but um. I mean, I did a little bit of that when I was still in school. I come home for the summer and for Christmas break and whatnot, so I got a little bit of a taste of it. But um, I really ramped up my training and everything, and uh, it was definitely a uh, a hard learning curve trying to figure out how to get it all to work and kind of how to keep my body together and keep my energy high for training with uh, all the farm work that I had to do, and it's just a big adjustment. But I've got it pretty well figured out now. You don't have it figured out. What are you talking about? It must freak you. The shit. It must freak you out when you hear all these athletes talking about the most important piece is sleep. You you do not sleep, my friend. <laughs> I sleep pretty Where well most of the time. Yeah, well, <clears throat> there's a few times a week I have to get up pretty early at the farm, um, like when we have to load pigs or something like that. I'll be up at four. But other than that, like I sleep pretty well. I I keep a pretty tight schedule. You know, it's one thing after another. I don't have, I don't do a lot. Like, uh, I don't waste much time. I get down to the farm. I uh, usually drink some carbs, eat a banana or something. Then I get right into training. And then uh, right from there, get done with training, eat, recovery, work in bed. He just kind of slipped that in there. Hear, hear that, Brian? Load pigs. Is that, when you say load pigs, is that code <laughs> for something? Like, it's not real pigs, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's real pigs. Um, we have pigs in our farm. But before we go too much further, I, I, I want to point out something crazy, and, and I don't mean to steal um, Brian's thunder because this is really Brian's domain here. But you had two first – your finishes at the semifinals, you had two first-place finishes, a third-place finish, and a third-place finish. And I think the only other people who can say that in all of the semifinals that they performed as well as you – is uh, Cole Sager who took first place and Jason Hopper who took first place. But yet you have a fifth place finish because you have an 18th and a 12th. But like look at Saxon. Uh, does he get a 20th? Scroll left. In the snatch. Ah. Yep. Okay. And and what we're seeing here is it, there, there's, no, there's no one else who qualified like you. Um. It is uh, on on one hand, it's indicative of someone who has the chance to win the games someday, and on the other hand, it's also indicative of someone who has massive holes in their game. But either way, you're, you're going to cause problems at the games. Um, 
which is yeah, well, which is interesting. <clears throat> and, and you and you and you see that you see that you know with some people who just show up at the games, Josh Bridges, Cody Anderson. I'm sure Brian can say more. Guys who show up at the games where it's like, oh shit, this guy's only going to finish tenth or twelfth at the games, but there's events he's going to be winning and just shaking up the leaderboard. Yeah, I think uh, I know part of that is just I just I just found I just. I just yeah. found your finishes fascinating. Yeah, well, <clears throat> well, going in, I knew this snatch was going to be a tough event for me. Um, I've really only been doing this for a few years, and I feel like one of the things that takes the longest to uh, kind of get to that elite level is maybe the Olympic lifts. For me, it has been at least, and uh, I just it's just going to take more time for me to get my snatch numbers up there. And that's probably my weakest lift. So that was a little bit unfortunate, but I mean, it's going to come up. You have to train it and get better at it. Um, just happened to be that one. That was the one they chose for the max lift there. And uh, so that was that. Then the, I took 18th in the wall ball workout. <clears throat> Obviously, wall balls are pretty tough for me, but I've gotten a lot better at them lately. I think a year ago, I probably would have been bottom five in that event or maybe close to last, but uh, definitely begin a lot better. It's just going to take some more time to clean up those weaknesses and fill in a lot of those holes. But I think I've got really good base capacity and fitness. And, uh, you know, I don't need a lot to hit one out of the park. I just need a couple of movements that are near my wheelhouse and I can send it and really do a lot of damage on those ones. Now that, that wall ball workout was the 30 pound wall ball. I think there were 99 reps of it or something in the workout, which was a lot, but I was, yeah on the sideline for that one. And I was kind of shocked because after the first round of the workout, you and Scott Tetlow were in first and second place. And I was like, it's pretty like, it's difficult. It's usually, it's unusual for the shortest athlete to win a heavy wall ball workout like that. And I was like, man, either these guys are amazing at wall balls or they've started way too fast in this workout and everyone's going to reel them back in. Did you think about that afterwards? Maybe I could have approached that one differently and done a little bit better. Maybe not top five, but maybe improved on the 18th. Yeah, for sure. I think I did the first round unbroken, and in training, I went unbroken a couple times or close to it when we practiced that workout. So I knew on my best day I could get that one unbroken, but it just wasn't in the cards um, at that time. And uh, really, I was just—I didn't really feel like playing it safe. I wanted to send it and see how well I could do, see where my wall balls are really at compared to the field, because I've been working on it, working on it a lot. And then. You know, the GHDs in that event really wasn't an opportunity to make up much ground, really. And uh, I think I make up, made up a little bit of ground on the D-balls, maybe. I was going touch and go on those for the most part. But it just wasn't enough to dig myself out of the hole I got in with the wall balls. But yeah, I think if I paced it a little differently, maybe it could have done better. But it's always easier looking back afterwards. And you, know, you, never, you never, never know how it's going to feel going in. Brian, did you did you dig around on Colton um, at all? Besides the numbers, did you look at any like? Did you look at his interview with Arm and Hammer, or have you did you troll his Instagram by any chance? I haven't. Uh, I haven't watched any of his other interviews, but um, I I mean I generally know about his his home life, if you will, and then his uh, competition history. That's you know. he's so he's so soft spoken. But if you dig through in the few data points you could find, you will see that from just the, the handful or dozen or so athletes that I've looked at um, this year so far, there's no one who's more confident than him. Did you it, On his Instagram one night, he did a 1,000 wall balls with a 30-pound ball. 
He doesn't mince words. He's always like, like people be like, "What are you doing, Colton?" Oh, I'm going to win the games. I'm here to win the games. I'm, I'm like that. It, it's a, it's a singular focus. There's no like. And, and when I heard you ask that question, um, did you think you should come? You should have paced it better. It's all. It's a great question, but it's all. He he doesn't even care. Is what is what I'm getting from him. Like it's. Um, <clears throat> so there's some context to that. This guy just wants to. This guy just wants to. He, there's no option but for Colton except to win. But what's so funny is listen how soft spoken he is on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, like you'd almost think people are sleeping in his house. Like, is, does he have a? Do you have a baby there, Colton? Why are you whispering? <laughs> uh, just kind of how I am, but there's kind of two seconds <laughs> to me. I am, I am a little bit soft spoken, but I'm also very confident. Not a lot of people know that. I'm not really. Uh, I try not to be too arrogant, but I am definitely very confident. If you ask me, I'm going to tell you. You know what I want to do in this sport. What my goals are. I want to win the games. That's why I'm here, and I want to win events. I go into every event trying to win it. There's no interest for me in second place. So the the context for asking about that particular workout was it was incredibly hot that day, hard to simulate that kind of environment in your training. It was a second workout coming up immediately after that, and now we know that he actually placed third on that workout and did very well. So um, it wasn't a question, I don't think, a, a question of could he do it, capacity. But the bigger picture is he was five points away at the end of the weekend when you look at it. He was five points away from third and only six points away from seventh. And that means there was a guy in sixth that was even closer than that, three points behind him. And only two of those four guys can make it to the games. And if you don't get to the games, you can't win the games. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are. So if that risk of going out hot in that workout had cost him three more points, four more points, because he would have won on tiebreaker with two event wins, then he wouldn't, he would have had to fight through the last chance qualifier, which is a big question mark, you know, especially before we saw what it was, and he might not have had that opportunity where maybe, even though he wanted to test himself, even though he knew he could do it, if he just had a little bit more of a subtle approach, taking a 15th or a 12th on that workout instead of 18th, he'd be more comfortably into the games where he can pursue his ultimate goal. Does that make you feel Yeah, but the other side of that is... Or does that make sense? <clears throat> no. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. There's definitely uh, times when athletes go out too hot and it costs them, costs you a lot. Um, you know, you can go out there, you play with fire, you're going to get burned sometimes. But I kept the same mindset going into the thruster and running event, and I won that one pretty handily. And I kept the same mindset going into the uh, the uh, ring muscle up and sled push event, and I won that one too. I, I set paces that I knew were going to be really hard to keep. And I knew if I kept them, I could probably win. And, uh, you know, same even on the event. Immediately after the wall balls, we had that, uh, maybe it was a one minute break or something. And then into the total bar and, uh, box step over. Um, I had the same mindset going into that one. And I went unbroken on the, all the total bar both rounds and it got me third and it probably kept my season alive. So you take the good with the bad. It's, you know, I'll crash before I ever touch cool. the brakes. Woo! <laughs> you heard it. <laughs> um, Colton, when you, how long have you had a girlfriend? Almost two years. Uh, it's had, it would actually be our two-year anniversary um, a week from today, or about six days. And did she court you, or did you court her? Uh, like who pursued who first? Is that what you mean by court? Yes, sir. Yeah, I, def I, well, I engaged the uh, yes, yes, sir. initial relationship, yeah. Uh, she was at CrossFit Kilo, where I trained when I was in school. 
and uh, I think it was maybe Open Gym or something, and she was there, and we were just working on stuff, and that's kind of how we met. And then I slid to her DMs on Instagram and uh, got her a phone number and Snapchat or whatever, and that's kind of how it started. So, so basically the old-fashioned way, you saw a girl, you found <laughs> her attractive, and you asked her out. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Just like, I imagine that's how it's done in Iowa. Oh uh, um, yeah, we are some ways. So 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 so, are you born in Iowa? Mm-hmm. Yep, southeast Iowa. And were you born on a farm? Yeah. So um, my dad and my uncle farm right now. Uh, they grow corn and soybeans. My uncle raises cows. My dad raises pigs, and uh, they have a couple other side businesses also with the farm. Um, my main role right now is taking care of the pigs. I pretty much manage all the herds of pigs. That's kind of my job. And what's your mom do? My mom's retired now. She retired. <clears throat> my dad and my mom aren't together. So it's kind of a separate and deal. So, that's not. Yeah, gotcha. And is she still in Iowa? Yep. She lives uh, maybe 30 minutes from me or so. A town called like New London. I live in Hillsboro. There's like 80 people in the in this town. I think. And you 70. live with your? I live with my dad right now, just to be close wow. to the farm. And do you live with? Yeah. And um. And how many people? Um. How many people uh, went to your high school? How many kids were in your high school? Mm, so I went to high school in Mount Pleasant. It's about 20, 25 minutes from where I live. Um. I think in my graduating class, there's 150 or so kids. So it was a little bit bigger. I live in a small town kind of okay, on the outside of that. Okay, that's not that small. Yeah. You know. Okay. And so you graduated from high school, and then you went to college, and you studied. Did you study finance? Is that what I heard you tell Armin? Yeah, I studied uh, my degrees in business with an emphasis in finance from the University of Northern Iowa. And so you like numbers. Yeah, I like numbers. I like math. Um, I like spreadsheets and all that stuff. I think Brian could probably relate. Um, and I like. I also like farming and doing a lot of uh, working on my hands. So it's nice that I can kind of use my finance background, my business background, to uh, kind of integrate that on the farm and use it with some stuff on the farm as well. And you're a voracious reader, like next level reader. Do you, do you ever um, listen? Do you always read, or do you ever listen to audio books while you're working? Yeah, I listen to a lot of audio books while I'm at the farm, actually, because I'm I'm by myself working most of the time, most days. And then I also listen to audio books, or this is when I will read, as uh, I'm doing recovery work, so like stretching or like a massage gun stuff like that. That's when I get most of my reading in. I've actually, since I graduated. Uh, I guess I graduated about 15 months ago. I've read 120 or 130 books since then. <laughs> I have a lot of interest. Specific, uh, specific I, genre, I, I, or do you, do you change it up? Um, I'll kind of stick with one genre for a while until I get sick of it, then I'll change. But like, uh, I was reading a lot of history for a while, then... I read like a lot of psychology and philosophy books, and I read uh, didn't got a nutrition kick for a while. Um, just I just kind of jump around whatever's interesting me at the time. 
When you Dude, read- um, Brian, Brian, Armin asked him what his three favorite books are, and I can't remember what he said, but Armin's response was like spot on. He's like, holy shit, that's like, I mean, it was three completely different books. And they, uh, I, the only one I had ever heard of, I think, was The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, which also, by the way, I haven't read that in 20 years, but um, that book was is amazing. It is yeah. amazing. Did you just read that recently? Yeah, I read it um, maybe a few months ago now. My friend Jace Hadachek recommended it to me. It was really good. Just a short book. You can read it in a few hours probably, so yeah. I'd recommend it for sure. It took me more than a few hours, but <laughs> but I don't read on. You read more books since you graduated than I've read in my life, I think. Well, in school, like um, I couldn't. I didn't Brian, do a lot going of... back to about his training in the heat. Good. Oh, well, like uh, in college, I didn't really Sorry, have a lot Cole, of time. We have a delay. For... Anytime, anytime yeah. it sounds like I'm interrupting, you just talk over me. Go, <laughs> go. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so in school, I didn't have a lot of time for like free reading. There's a lot of books and a lot of things that I was interested in, but you know, like uh, you're in college, pretty much all your free time goes to uh, reading your textbooks and things like that. So I had uh, quite a list for when I wanted what I wanted to read when I graduated, and then so that's kind of why I read so many so quickly, probably. So you're born. So you're born in this tiny town with a hundred people. You live this farm life that I think most people listening probably can't even relate to or imagine. You deal with um, corn, pigs, cows. You're around the same people, it sounds like, just not every single day. It sounds like you have a pretty ritualistic day. Um, how did you get into, in, into sports? Like, So you go to school. Who, who puts you in sports? I saw that you were a high school wrestler. Hmm. What was your journey like getting into sports? Uh, so growing up when I was really young, <clears throat> uh, me and my brother were really active. He's a few years younger than me, but we were always playing sports together. And, uh, I got into school and I played uh, like football, basketball, and baseball growing up probably through middle school. And in middle school, I started wrestling, and uh, from there it's mainly just football and wrestling. And after my freshman year of high school, I really gravitated toward wrestling and <clears throat> that really became my passion, so I kind of went head first into that for the next three years, and uh, the goal is to win a state title, so I was pretty involved in that, and uh, throughout the course of that, learned a lot of really valuable things, a lot of really good life lessons and discipline, and also had a couple of surgeries from injuries in wrestling, and then ended up just kind of getting to a place where I was a little bit bored with the sport and looking for something different, and uh, I think I remember seeing the CrossFit Games on TV one day. I was cleaning my room or something. I just kind of saw it at the TV on in the background, saw the CrossFit games on TV, and I sat down and just watched it for like 45 minutes because I thought it was pretty cool. And I decided someday I wanted to try that. And so I was recovering from shoulder surgery uh, after my senior year of high school. So I was in college and uh, just starting to get back into being able to kind of do stuff. And then my second semester of college, I got cleared from the doctor to kind of start lifting weights and whatnot again, and that's when I signed up at CrossFit Kilo, January 2017. A lot of people think that you know you, you can endure a lot of injuries in CrossFit. It sounds like you've had most of your injuries prior to CrossFit. Yeah, I definitely have had most of my injuries prior to CrossFit. Um, I tore my ACL, meniscus, labrum, and rotator cuff wrestling, and... Um, since I've been doing CrossFit, I really haven't had any major injuries like that that have come from CrossFit. I've had a, I've torn a couple other things, but it was 
probably more farm related than it was uh, CrossFit related. See, yeah, it's funny. People always think you're going to get hurt have doing you, CrossFit. Um, have you reached out to any of the guys that have kind of come before you that are either you know successful wrestlers or have uh, you know farming backgrounds? Mm, not really. I've been uh, kind of trying to figure it out on my own and learning as I go. Um, I think one of my big advantages is that I'm a pretty good learner, and uh, I'm not married to any of my ideas. If I see some new information that I think is better, and I'll, I'll change and adapt. And I really like learning, and I really have, I have the mindset of trying to become the best at getting better. You know, <clears throat> it's all about constant progress. I have the mindset of say that again. That's a great. That was a great one. <laughs> well, the mindset of trying to become the best at getting better yeah that's really wow. that's really well said the uh wow the person in particular i have in mind is um is marcus hendren you know he was fifth at his regional the the year that he had the most success at the games and i think he ended up taking six at the games that year he was a hard worker works on the farm and you know when you think about the crossfit games as compared to a lot of other competitions like the ability to endure and work hard for long periods of time and like do it again and again and again um, matters because it's long competition, grueling competition, more events than you'll see anywhere else. And um, <clears throat> when when I when I saw that you did make it and that you just kind of barely got in through the qualification process, I was like, this might be an interesting, interesting scenario because you've done some some other competitions. You've put yourself out there the last couple of years, but um, this would be your first chance to to really see if any of that that ability to go long and go hard over and over again can can correlate or translate to a high level of success at the games i also think you're the best person who barely got in by the way i know that's subjective but i don't <laughs> think that there's i don't think that there's anyone better than you who just barely got in you're you're you're, you're definitely someone to watch you mean wait, wait you mean as he's a nice guy or you mean the best crossfitter the best crossfitter uh Okay. The best crossfitter. The best crossfitter. I mean, I. Yeah, I mean, I really. I, but I really like wins. I really like wins. I'm biased to that. I'll admit yeah, but, that. It's subjective. I really like wins. Stefan, Brent Fukowski got in fifth, and he's got the fifth most <laughs> wins in the history of the CrossFit Games. Yeah. Steve, I, this is I, an I interesting agree. point. What, what, um, which. Because which... Fukowski oh, and I, cool. we're at the opposite end of you want to talk, the spectrum. Mr. Soft Spoken, you talk. <laughs> So I'm the shortest athlete at the games. Fukowski is the tallest. And uh, I think that's why we get so many wins. Because if something's in our wheelhouse a little bit, we have a big advantage. But if something's out of our wheelhouse, we have a big disadvantage. That's why we've got such a such a variance in our scores. You know, there's a lot of events that we can win, but there's a lot of events that uh, are going to be damage control until we get those weaknesses fixed. So I think we share a little bit uh, in common there, me and Fukowski. And in all fairness, Fikowski got two first places also, and a fourth. But you have two first places and two third places. And, and I know we're com comparing apples to oranges just a little bit. And Fikowski's old, and you are <laughs> you are young. You're on the other end of the spectrum. And, 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 and you know what else is interesting about you and Fikowski? Fikowski, I'm, I'm guessing, I haven't spoken with him, but I'm guessing... He, He's he's a full time athlete. You're a full time farm boy. I bet you, I bet you, you sleep less in two days than Fikowski <laughs> sleeps in one day. 
Well, you have to learn how to sleep it's a, faster. It's a, it's, a, it's a. When are you going to fix that? Let. Yeah. When are, when are you going to? And I'm making the presupposition that you need to fix it. So feel free to tell me and shut the fuck up. But when are you going to fix this sleep issue? Do you need a sponsor to fix that? Um. No. Or, or would you not quit your job because you feel some sort of family loyalty to your dad and your and your uncle? Well, I definitely enjoy farming, but um, I'm getting to the point now where I'm making a little bit of money doing CrossFit just from uh, prize purses and all the events that I do, and that's part of why I compete so much. I need to get a little bit of money. Um, so I make some money working at the farm too, but um, I try not to be full time most of the year because I don't. I want more time to train and sleep, of course. But um, like right now. Uh, I went to the farm for a little bit this morning and uh, did chores for a couple hours. I'll go back and take care of a few more things after this. And then today is supposed to be a light day of training, so I'll train for a few hours. But um, like most days of the farm right now, I can be in and out in three hours. Um, the last couple of weeks were pretty busy because I had to wash a few pig barns. So that takes a long time and it's just hard on your body. But um, like going forward... Yeah, part of it, like my dad being my boss, is um, helps, but it also I think it hurts a little bit sometimes too. Because when I first graduated from school, I told him um, like I really want to do this CrossFit thing. I think I know I can be really good, and he pushed back a little bit. He's like, "Well, yeah, but you got to make a living. Like uh, you better make a lot of money doing CrossFit." And I told him someday I might, but because uh, we were working a lot of hours at the farm, and there's a lot of days where I was working. 12, 15, 16, 17 hours at the farm and then trying to train and sleeping for a few hours. But uh, now I think uh, I've got him pulled over a little bit to where <clears throat> he lets me kind of just do what needs to be done at the farm and doesn't like uh, give me a bunch of extra busy work. And uh, so like right now get leading up to the games, I take care of what needs to be done and I focus on CrossFit. So I'm only at the farm two, three hours a day um, right now so I can get a lot more sleep. Yeah, there's like a lot of the year where I have to put in a lot of hours, but um, I think after this year that'll change a little bit at least. And I am getting more sleep, and just as I kind of has get my dad, in place and everything. Has your dad seen you work out or seen you compete? He's never seen me compete in person. Um, so part of like us working at the farm is if I'm if I'm gone, then he kind of or somebody has to take care of the chores at the farm. So that's usually him. When I'm off a of competition, she take care of, takes care of that. But he's seen me train once in a while. Out Who's going to come to the games with you? Uh, well, my girlfriend and then uh, Armin McCormick will be my coach. He's the owner of CrossFit Kilo up in Cedar Falls. And then I think there's quite a few people coming from Cedar Falls as well. Armin has a lot of a lot of experience in the sport, Savan, if you're not familiar. He's taken mm -hmm. team, a lot of teams to regionals and a couple to the games, I think. Yeah, I, I wasn't familiar, but in some of the videos I've seen of Colton working out, I saw the games placard with Armin's name on it. So I figured someone at the gym, I didn't realize that was his coach, but someone at the gym had been to the games. Uh, I'm, um, there, there was a video you posted where it's, you know, it's 101 degrees in your barn. You're working out 10 feet away from you. Your dad's smoking um, chicken. <laughs> Um, there's other videos of you doing insane workouts at 11.50 at night. I'm still just fascinated at what is going on here with you. Um, you have a job, you have a girlfriend, and you work out, and you read. It almost seems like too many things, like one of those has to go. Like you should only, I think they said Einstein only did three things. Um, 
it, it, is it hard what you're doing, or are you 23 and you don't even know? You're just just filled with testosterone and, and <laughs> desire, and you're a creature of habit. Like, like, like. Let me know, is it, because from the outside, it looks like what you're doing is completely insane. Like, just next level. Like, like David Goggins sh- shit. Like, maybe even maybe even embarrassing David David Goggins, or does it just seem normal to you? Well, it seems more normal now, but um. Yeah, when I first started, and like I told people who I trained with or coached me, they're like, yeah, I'm going to move back to the farm, and uh, I'm going to get involved with the family farm, and I'm still going to train. I'm still going to train for the games. And then uh, nobody ever really said anything like, oh, you can't do that. But the looks on their face was always kind of funny. So they looked at me like, yeah, yeah, right, okay, kid. Like all these guys are training full-time, and you're going to try and do this um, while you're also working full-time. And at first, it was really hard. Um, my body was not used to that kind of schedule, and it was not used to working outside all day and then training um, in the garage all evening. But um, you know, at that point, you really have a, You just have to make a choice. You either have to make life easier, or you have to get tougher. And you mentioned the desire. I have a lot of desire to be the best in the sport, and um, I think a lot of the games athletes, if they were put in my position, you probably wouldn't know who they are anymore because they they would have quit. They would have made life easier. But um, I decided to keep pushing through and decided to get tougher because there's a lot of times previously in my life where you have an obstacle and you think that you're not uh, going to be able to do it. Like, for me, I always think about cutting weight in wrestling. My junior year was a really tough weight cut. And I remember, so we wait, we rest, had to weigh in usually twice a week, Thursday and Saturday, for a meet and a tournament. And every single Thursday, I tell myself, okay, this is the last time. I didn't think I could make the weight again. This is the last time this weekend that this tournament I'm going up a weight. Saturday would come, I'd make the weight again. All right, but this is the last time. Thursday I'm going up. And you know, that continued for months. Um, you know, we have a long wrestling season, about four months long. But I ended up making the weight all season, and um, I was a different person at the end of that season than I was when I started mentally. And afterwards, it was... Uh, I was on like this high for several weeks when the season got over because I, I did it. I did something I did not think I could do was make the weight all season. Um, it was a really tough weight cut. <clears throat> but then after that, I kind of got this mindset of like, doesn't matter what it is. Um, if it's possible, then I can do it. Doesn't matter how hard it is, I can do it. If I put my mind to it, I just don't quit. And uh, so I took that same mindset when I come back, came back home to farm, and was on kind of this horrendous schedule. And uh, my body was getting beat down, my mind was getting beat down, and there's a lot of times where I was questioning myself and uh, thinking about quitting and wondering if it was really even possible to kind of do this and still compete with those games athletes. But um, I think I got a lot tougher mentally and physically, and I think that's something that I have over everybody else when it comes to the games. You know, you have this four-day competition, and you're up early, and you're competing all day. You're going to be not on your own schedule. Your body's going to be beat down, but for me, that's what it is every day. And I've adjusted my nutrition and my recovery work and uh, my mind and my body to deal with all that. So when I get to the games and I get to these multi-day competitions, you know, that usually that's the toughest thing those guys experience all year physically. And for me, it's it's, uh, it's actually kind of a, a load off from what I do day to day. I think that's the big advantage that I have going in. And um, now I'm still getting a lot better. Uh, I've gotten a lot better this year that I've been home on the farm. I think I can definitely continue that and just keep trying to be the best at getting better.
there's this workout, and I'm, I, I, I have to say I read it wrong, but you tell me. There's a workout you did where you ran a mile. Well, after some, some weightlifting, you ran a mile, you rode a, a mile, you rode the echo bike a mile, and you did that for 10 rounds. Did you do that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it might have been a Saturday. It was really, really hot out. And I probably should have done that workout, but I started off. I didn't know what I was going to do for that workout. I knew I wanted to do something long, something cardio. So I decided I would just start running and kind of see what I came up with. And I got about 400 meters in and I just kind of came up with the idea. I was going to do 10 rounds of a mile and a mile and a mile or whatever it was. <clears throat> and I kind of st stuck with that and um, I felt good through like four or five rounds. But then after that, it got really, really tough. <laughs> Just with the heat and everything too, getting really dizzy and I was pretty sick afterwards actually, but yeah. I got it done and I do, I do kind of, I don't know, I think, <laughs> I think every few months you need to do something to remind yourself that you're a bad motherfucker and you can do stuff like that. So that was one of those. Same with the, the thousand wall balls at 30 pounds workout that I did in my, in the shed um, a couple of winters ago. I just bought a rogue 30 pound wall ball and that was the first workout I did with it that night. And uh, they do something at Kilo called the Mental Toughness Camp, or maybe it's called the Competitors Camp or something like that. But it's basically this is what it's what Armin did. Uh, the first year he qualified for the Games as an individual in 2011, I think. But he did, the first year he did it, it was one workout every hour for 24 hours. He did it by himself. And Armin, he's a, he's a Marine, and he's a pretty tough guy, obviously. But um, so he kind of developed that and... Uh, just turned it into the Kilo Mental Toughness Camp, and so that's something I did a few times with them. We started doing it as a team, where basically you're doing, you're basically working out for 24 hours straight. Um, we always did it in the winter, it's always February. So it was great at building that mental toughness, and then I got home, and at, uh, I didn't couldn't come back to the camp a couple times, so I decided to uh, do some other things to keep your mind tough. So that was a thousand wall balls, that was a 10 round workout, and Drove a marathon before, and every once in a while I think you had to do something like that just to keep yourself sharp. Colton, the games, <clears throat> the games often test running in a, at a lot bigger capacity than uh, you know pretty much any other competition, and it also usually tests swimming, which is rarely tested at any of the qualifying stages where the games maybe in some off-season events you can you can get it. Are those things that you're confident in something that you're working on like where are you at with those two implements yeah i've been working a lot on running um i run nearly every day right now and i have been for a few months so i've gotten a lot better at that <clears throat> obviously being 5'4 um 185 pounds i'm not like the best runner naturally but it's uh something i've been working on a lot and i've gotten a lot better i'm excited to see how i stack up with the games with all the running events because in last year at the games I know it was a little bit of an odd year, but I think they had, what, they had 12 events and four of them had running in them. So it was definitely prevalent at the games last year. I know Dave likes to run. Um, so I'm excited to see how I stack up there and swimming. I've been getting a lot of volume in on swimming. <clears throat> and uh, uh, I just started learning how to like actually swim a few years ago uh, when we were getting ready for the games in 2018 on a team. And... Uh, Let's see, at Dubai, we had a couple of swimming events, and those were actually my best events. That's just because I got beat real bad in all the other ones, but 
Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a decent swimmer. I don't know how I would stack up at the games. I don't know where everybody else is at, but I've been swimming a lot and running a lot because I know those are going to be there, and I know those aren't things I'm naturally great at. So I've been trying to get a lot better at those. What about this paddleboard? Have you ever been on a paddleboard before? I'm having trouble seeing a paddleboard in Iowa. Yeah, not a lot of that around here. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm not sure. I'm sure I'll figure it out and adapt quickly. I'm sure you will too. Um, if how do your friends describe you? Like 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 when when the when the guys at the gym cut up on you? Like what's the theme? What's the uh, What's the, how do people see you, your friends, your girlfriend, your, the guys at the gym, the people at the gym, do they see you as soft-spoken and chill? <laughs> Until they get to know me, probably, yeah. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I like to get pretty rowdy, too, once you get to know me and uh, when we're not kind of in the game season, but yeah, very, first I'm pretty soft-spoken, but uh, you get to know me, I can get pretty rowdy, I like to have some fun. Did you win that state title that you wanted in high school? No. Got second. I was undefeated until the state finals. Do you know the kid? I know his name, but I don't know. Oh, wow. And you were wrestling, um, What was that your senior year? What weight were you wrestling? So my senior year, I wrestled at 145 pounds. Uh, my freshman year, I was at 106. I took a couple jumps in between. It's actually like 102 pounds my freshman year. I couldn't, wow. It wasn't big enough for the weight. Wow. So you, that, you're 23 now. So in the last five years, you put on 40 pounds. Yeah, I got done with... Uh, so I always stayed pretty lean um, in high school. I didn't want to build up a lot of fat for wrestling. And then uh, I would just cut the weight. But um, so I ended high school like 10 pounds heavier than when I wrestled at. I added uh, 155 when I got to kilo, and I gained 30 pounds since then. And then since then, I've been kind of stagnant. I haven't really gained much weight in the past couple years. Yeah, I was 102 pounds my freshman year, and then 155 my senior year, and now I'm 185. You two inches. So, so more seven. like 30 pounds. Hmm. You what? You grew two inches? Yeah, in, in that time. <laughs> and so, wow. So, so you um, so you never had a growth spurt. Like I never had a growth mm -hmm. spurt. You just always steadily grew, and then you were done. Yep, pretty much. And how tall are you? You're five five, five four. Five four. You're trying to bait me into saying I was five five, Savon. Yeah, that's it's it's a little bit, a little bit. Good job, <laughs> you figured me out. Um. It's a, it's a trip because people. I remember being in high school and all my friends went through growth spurts, and I. But I knew because you know I was my dad was five five. I was like, shit, I'm not. I'm not gonna have one. Of those. <laughs> I'm not gonna have one of those. My dad's like six two. All my uncles are over six feet tall. My grandpa's over six foot tall. But my great grandpa is short, kind of built like me. And oh, interesting. And how tall is how tall is your mom? She's five six. So there was this time when I thought that the, that there was an, the era of short guys being in the CrossFit games was over. Like that was just because the sport was immature. It's over. They'll never be in there ever again. 
and here you are at five four. But maybe you're not a small guy because I'm trying, like, like even I'm trying to think the heaviest Josh Bridges maybe weighed at the CrossFit Games. But I think I'm a lot but, heavier than he Spieler, was. Um, yeah, like way heavier, right? I mean, I think the first year Spieler competed in the games, he's 142 pounds. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would happen. Yeah, but we want to know about the last year he competed in the games, and I still don't think he was over 165. No, no, Spieler, I, I agree. I don't think he was over 150, to be honest. Yeah, you might be right. Um, why, what, why are you doing this? What, what, or why have you want? What, what makes you competitive? Like g- going back to when you were little. Like what, like what are you doing? Is why push yourself this hard? Why push yourself that hard in wrestling? Do you know, do you know what's 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 inside of you that that you need to scratch? Um, I've actually been thinking about this kind of a lot lately and I don't really know. I just know just some things you want them and you know, you want them. Um, like I, before I even started CrossFit, I wanted to win the games and I, I never even did it, but I decided cause I had offers to wrestle in college, but I turned them down cause I wanted to start CrossFit. I never even did a CrossFit workout before. I never even been to a CrossFit gym, but I knew it's what I wanted and it's feel like it was something inside of me. I really wanted to do it. And I don't know what it is about wanting to be the fittest or wanting to be the best, but it just really, really lights me up and really gets me going. And um, the feeling I have with competing and thinking about winning those competitions is not something I can really describe. I just know it's like I want it just like you want to breathe. It's just something I, I don't really know how else to describe it. It's really, I really like it. I really like to compete. I don't really know why. I want it like you want to breathe. Um, going back to what you said about about you want to be the best at, be, at being the best, it reminds me. Um, I was trying to figure. I was answering some questions the other day, similar to that, and basically I was explaining to someone that not only do you have to have good habits, but one of your habits has to be to be refining your habits, and it kind of fits along that same thought. And so I get that, like, like. You can't just have good habits. One of your habits mm-hmm. has to be to be looking at your habits to keep refining them and make them better. Let me ask you some questions. Just to, um, do, do you feel like you're – when I talk to people who are excelling at this sport, there always seems to be something underlying, like some hole. I, I don't want to say some hole they're trying to feel or fill because that sounds so negative. <laughs> but, you know, like there was some loss. Like you find out that both their cousins were in car accidents and they died when they were little. You know, and that really lit the fire in them, like not to waste their life. Or um, the last podcast I did with Jason Kalipa was his senior year, and his principal at, was speaking to the whole um, high school, and he made some insinuation that Jason wasn't smart, right? And that Jason's like, "What the fuck?" Right in front of your whole high school at your graduation, and so you hear these stories. Is there and, and and the easy one to be to to pick to say about you would be like, hey, his whole life everyone told him he couldn't do it because he's only five four, right? To go straight into the the short guy thing. Do, is is there anything like that? That is that it? That's it. That's exactly it. Um, there's nothing Have that gets heard? me more motivated than when people think I can't do something. You know, cause, <clears throat> um, right? So so. Go- it, it is kind of like like a fuck you. I'm gonna prove you wrong. <laughs> um, it's a little bit like uh, I was texting you guys yesterday about what Brian said. Uh, he had me picked 11th for the Granite Games. 
Um, I don't really take that stuff personal. Um, <laughs> I know in reality, um, like objectively, uh, from where you guys are sitting, that's probably a good place to put me, like um, based on my achievements and everything like that, what you see me do in the past. And I understood that and I understand like you have to pick five people to go, you have to pick one person to win and everybody else should be unhappy. Well, like uh, maybe not should be unhappy, it's just what it is. If you pick a winner, you have to pick losers. And I don't take that stuff, I understand that's not personal, but I... Um, I like to kind of manufacture it like it is personal, and um, it's like I know 11th um, is probably a good objective place to put me there, but um, just the um, things I know about myself, it's like like these people, they don't know me, they've never met another person like me, and that's, uh, that really motivates me to kind of show them no hard feelings, so Brian. <clears throat> Where should I put you for the games, then? First, everybody First. going to the game should say. Well, let that. me. I'll give you a little, uh, little comment. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Brian. Is he going to win an event at the games? <clears throat> yeah, I think. I think so. I think he was probably. I mean, I, th I think I, w I haven't seen any of the events except for part of one. But I would guess he could win somewhere between one and three events at the games this year. Um, when you know, when I'm evaluating the athletes. And I wanted to ask you about this anyway, Colton. In the past couple of years, you know, people like you who've just kind of entered the scene since 2018, like in 2018, you did a team competition. So you've really been doing individual 2019, 2020. And the seasons were just weird. They were different. And half of the competitions or more than half the competitions that I have relevant data for you on are online qualifiers. You qualified online both years for Rogue Invitational, which you have to be exceptional to do because they only take a small number of athletes. And you were middle of the pack at Rogue both of those years, one in person, one online. You won a couple events. They're both online. You did great in the Open and the quarterfinals this year, both online. And I look at your live competition performances at Mayhem, Granite Games, and Dubai, and they were underwhelming. So I was sitting here saying, man, I know this guy can be really good in certain events. He's had a great resume online recently, but I've yet to see him excel in a, in a live competition. Now I have a different data point, and now I can evaluate you you know, with a little bit more information. Yeah, so I think, <clears throat> I, think, uh, part I wonder of my, what you're going to use. Part of my success for the online stuff comes from, obviously, the programming in uh, online events is different than in person. Like you don't see a lot of running and swimming, and uh, we never even saw rope climbs before until this year. You see a lot. I can't hear him. No, me neither. Damn. I know. I was really looking forward to that answer, actually. Hey, Colton. Can you hear us? Something happened to our connection. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop this for a second. Hold on. Oh, maybe his earpiece has died. I'm going to stop this and hang up and everyone log back in one more time, okay? Oh, maybe he hit his mute button. Doesn't... Oh, yeah, he's muted. You're muted, Colton. Okay, I think I hit the button on the uh, these things here. But, yeah, so 
Uh, what was the last thing you heard me guys? You guys heard me say. <laughs> it was it was in reference it was in reference to um, how your um, Brian having different data points for you in regards to your performance, and now he has the semifinals and he has a new data point. Yeah, so <clears throat> I think I performed better on uh, online qualifiers because of the programming is usually. Uh, a little bit different. Like, uh, seems like we have a lot of, uh, they always like to do thrusters and burpees and chest bar for a lot of the qualifiers. And then we get to the in-person events and we test things that we can't test online. And, uh, those things usually just, uh, these are kind of out of my wheelhouse and things that I'm not great at yet. And, uh, you know, like rope climbs for them and, uh, running and swimming and things like that. that you don't see a lot of on the qualifiers. You see a lot more at least from my perspective, seems like you see more gymnastics and the bodyweight stuff on qualifiers, almost like more open style programming. And uh, I excel at a lot of that stuff. So I think um, part of that discrepancy, just uh, those holes in my game show up more often in person than they do online. And it just takes time to get better at those things. Well, I've been doing this for a few years and uh, obviously you know to fix. Did you did you try to get into the Atlas games knowing that you're just better on the online stuff and that might be your best chance to get to the games this year? Or did you want to challenge yourself in the live setting? Yeah, so that was so they gave us CrossFit gave us um like a form we had to fill out and we put on there. So you have the four options for North America and we numbered them one, two, three, four. Atlas games was my fourth op my fourth choice, so my the one I wanted least. because um, I didn't want to go to the games through an online format and then just have that in the back of my mind and also have other people talking about like oh he's there because he crushes online stuff he can't perform in person you know and I wanted to uh, for myself and for others go to an in-person event and show that I can do it in person as well and show that I've been working on a lot of those weaknesses and that I'm making a lot of progress there will you guys hold on one second hold on one second sorry yeah, fucked up. Surprisingly. <laughs> you didn't know I could sound any better than I already do. Sorry, we had to take a quick break. We had a little technical hiccup. It's a, it's a, it's a, the, the bad news is is that we get complaints about the podcast. The good news is is it's one about it's 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 one that's can be fixed. It's not about myself or Brian. It's about our <laughs> internet. Yeah. It's our one one steady steady complaint. Let's go. So, so we ended. Brian, did you want to respond to that? If not, I'm going to say something about him getting better. No, I I commend him for wanting to do that in a lot in the live setting. <clears throat> I mean, if you're if your goal is to win the games, you have to know that you can compete against guys that have that similar goal in a setting that's not the most comfortable for you. So, I think that's great. Um, and I'm super happy that you did that. I mean, if you had come through the Atlas Games, I probably wouldn't have had the same respect for you as an athlete and appreciation for how much you have improved that I have now having the opportunity not just to watch you but to be there and actually see see you move and see you compete and see you attack workouts. So, you know, as an analyst and as a fan of the sport when I'm going to the games, now I have a a different expectation of of what you can do based on something I've already seen. Uh explain that to me for a second, Brian. So, are you suggesting like Velner, Adler, um Cornier, no, no, Vin- no, no. Oh no, okay. <clears throat> No, no. I'm saying that in the case of Colton Mertens, I haven't had a chance to see him in a live competition recently. Okay. I know he's great online. 
Now I know that he can be great in person too. Colton, do you have a lot of friends? <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of friends. I don't see him a ton um, <laughs> right now. Because I really, I mean, I kind of feel bad saying no to like going out and getting beers all the time or whatever because um, I really don't have any free time. I go to the farm, I train, I do my recovery work, and I go to bed. Like clockwork every day. But, um, yeah, we got, I got plans made for after the games. And, and uh, when do you see your girlfriend? Time. Well, she's doing... <clears throat> She's doing an internship right now in Cedar Rapids, and uh, she's also really into CrossFit, and she coaches CrossFit. So we hang out a lot, uh, training, doing CrossFit. Um, yeah, sorry, you guys don't know where Cedar Rapids is. It's like an hour from where I am. But uh, she comes down on weekends and stuff where I go up there and train on weekends once in a while, and she's going to move in once she gets her internship done. She's going to move in with you on the farm? Oh, that's cool. And your dad's okay with that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he don't mind. And um, will this be the first girl that's moved into the house with you? Yeah. Um, I lived with some other, some other girl in college for a little bit. But uh, yeah, that would be the first one moving in with me down here. And uh, And you get along great with your dad? Yeah, we get along pretty well. I mean, not always perfect, but that's just like any father and son. But I think we have a pretty good relationship. We don't, I mean, we hardly ever fight about much, really. It's pretty good. Did your, um, I'm trying to figure out what it's like. It's so foreign to me, the farm life, right? Um, it's, it's, there's like the farms, any farms around here that anyone I know who has like a farm, it's kind of like a faux farm, meaning they do it for themselves or, you know what I mean? They have a vegetable garden in the backyard. How, how many, how big is this farm? Um, so I think, uh, we grow about 400 and 400 or so acres of corn and soybeans and my uncle's got a herd of cows and then, uh, we've got eight, uh, kind of herds of pigs. We raise about 15,000 pigs a year. It's my dad and I. Wow. So give me some details about loading pigs. How far is this from your house? How do you load them and where are you taking them? And how big Uh, are they? So I live about 10 minutes from the farm. Um, And then uh, so loading pigs is when we take the pigs to market. So we'll once uh, once a herd kind of gets to where we've got – um, enough pigs that are at market weight, which is around 280 to 300 pounds. Uh, we'll load them up on a trailer and take them to a Tyson plant. So you kind of have to sort out the biggest ones and chase them onto a trailer. And, and how do you? And and so it's like a trailer, like you would see, like that you would put cars on, like it's an open trailer, like with like a fence around it, like with a ramp. Um, so it's like the same size as like. I guess a normal trailer you would see being pulled by a semi, like uh, it's the same size as those kind of big enclosed storage ones, but it's uh it's kind of like made out of steel. It's got um it's got a bunch of ventilation in it, and they just kind of hang out on there and they take a nap while we drive them up to the drive them up to market. <laughs> and and how many of them get on there? How many do you load on there? Oh, uh, it depends based on like uh 
if the pigs are heavier, we'll take a few less, or if it's really hot out, we won't put as many on there. Um, so it just kind of depends on different variables and stuff like that. <clears throat> and do you ever load pigs on there that are too small and they send them back? They're like, yo, what's up? No. Um, so yes, basically the, it, the way it works with Tyson is um, if they're not within like a target range, they just won't give you as much money for the pig. And and do you just eyeball the pig? You're like, yep, you're 280 for sure. Get on. <laughs> yep, we go through and uh, go through the herd, and you just kind of look at which ones are the biggest, and you get pretty good at it after a while. And we have like a pink marker. We spray them with it, so they they have like a pink line on their back, and then those are the ones that we'll sort out and chase onto the trailer. And and so you breed the pigs on the farm also. No, we just, we get them when they're weaned, so they're about 15 pounds when they come to us. Wow, that's that's I, I'm trying to think. The, I, I guess I, I I'm trying to think. The last time I saw a pig, I was going to say it's been years, <laughs> but that's not true because Dave has pigs on his farm. I, oh, I wouldn't call what Dave has a farm. He has pigs on there. Um, it's a, I guess pony it's more ranch. Like a ranch. I, I I don't even know why he has pigs on there. I think yeah. Exactly. I think basically uh, this story could be wrong, but he bought a pig for his daughter and then that pig had babies. So now he just has, now he's got a problem. <laughs> and I think it's had babies twice. I think he's had two oh, litter pigs. And here in California, you go on Craigslist and, and give them to people who want them as pets. <laughs> Colton, have you ever sustained an injury from a pig? Yeah, for sure. Um, and they get big and um, they don't realize that they're that big and they still like want to kind of play and like be a little bit rambunctious and like i guess the way they play is like they'll run they just kind of run around i don't know how else you really play if you're a pig but they run around they get a little bit rambunctious and like um they run into like the side of your leg or something you can they can definitely hurt and i've had haven't had any like serious major injuries but like pigs running into the side of my legs or stepping on my feet has like a been like inconveniences but nothing like major Do you do you um do you see yourself let's say you get a little more success no let me rephrase that you're about to get a little bit more success in CrossFit do you see yourself staying on the farm and if you see yourself leaving the farm do you feel that maybe that will be breaking the sort of cycle of success you're having basically are you going to get too soft if you got off the farm would you get too soft and not be able to maintain this this badass lifestyle this basically putting <clears throat> yourself under stress yeah, um, you know, it was kind of funny. Um, so when I would come home for the summer and uh, farm and train just here in my garage uh, during school, I'd always come back to Kilo and uh, this is kind of when I was first starting out and I felt like I would get a lot better when I left and uh, I'd start beating people that I wouldn't beat during the school year. I feel like it took a lot of big jumps. So I think in a way it does help me with uh, my fitness adaptation. I think also being outside in the heat a lot and uh, I train outside in the heat um, all the time. I don't have any AC in my garage or anything. I don't know if there's something to that kind of heat adaptation as well, kind of like humidity or elevation training, but definitely gets very hot and humid here in Iowa. And um, <clears throat> as far as leaving the farm, I don't think I would ever really leave it fully. I'm at the point now where I'm pulling back quite a bit because uh, like I get paid by the hour to work on the farm and um, I basically do as little as I can to get by for the moment until uh, 
I save up enough money for a house this next summer and, and uh, make some money from CrossFit. I've been making, I make pretty much as much money competing now as I as I do farming. So it's definitely getting a lot better. But um, I don't think I would ever leave the farm entirely. Just uh, I would just do less and spend less hours there. Do you feel like you're letting your dad down at all by doing that? Is that emotionally hard? No, they'd be fine if I left. Um, they could hire some. They'd probably have to hire a few people to replace me, but <laughs> but uh, they they'd be fine. They'd get by. <clears throat> they'd have to hire place. two dudes who are six feet tall to replace me. <laughs> exactly. You know that that thing you were saying about uh, working on the farm can sometimes be a positive. It reminds me of my. <laughs> My college soccer team, their our average GPA was one great entire one grade point higher during season than out of season because mm-hmm. half the guys once they didn't have something that was occupying their time, they filled it with nonsense and they lost focus and discipline in all all other areas, and then they'd come back around next year when season was on and we had less time, they spent it more appropriately. It's an it's it's always been something I'm curious about because, you know. Fikowski, he was working full-time and doing pretty well at the games. He stopped working full-time. Now also the game season happened to change at that same time, and he had less success at the games. Now he's invested full-time. The season's back to what it was, so I'm curious to see how that will will affect him. But you look at Vellner, he's always gone to school and worked and still had success in CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Then you look at Fraser, and he put he was working. I mean, he was at school and doing CrossFit and doing well. He stopped doing school when he finished, spent all his time on CrossFit, and did even better. I think that uh, there's no one formula that's going to work best for everybody. I think the way Fraser did it was the absolute best way for him to do it, but I don't think that's the best way necessarily for somebody like me or for Vellner. And uh, I think there is something where uh, you can get a little bit soft if you're sleeping in every day and then you get up, you sip on your coffee and nibble on a bagel, stroll over to the gym and then train with your crew or whatever. <clears throat> I think there's something, some value to having a little bit of an edge there and um I'm also somebody who really likes to stay busy. I don't like laying around or kind of having downtime. So uh, even like at school, when uh, say we'd have like a deload week of training or a really light week, um, I would I'd really struggle with that because I'd get so bored and uh, really get down mentally because I didn't have anything to do. I'd get down to my schoolwork and I couldn't train. So it's like, well, now what do I do? So I like staying busy. And I think it's I think it's a good situation for me and it's worked out well so far. Did, did someone nickname you Muscle Hamster? Uh, Chase Ingram, yeah. <laughs> I, I I think that that nickname was already taken. I think there was a young lady who trained with <laughs> um, um, Katrin Doder. Uh, I wish I could remember her name. Tori Dyson. Tori yes, Dyson. Yes, yes, yes. Has she reached out to you and told you to stop using that nickname <laughs> that was already taken? No, I'm not sure if it's uh so desirable that she wants me to stop using it. <laughs> but that was funny. Oh, um, she, she I like she's <clears throat> handing you think she's handing it off to you. <laughs> she's happy you're taking it. <laughs> there's been some good funny. there's been some good nicknames, but I personally liked Tommy's neck curtains Mertens one. Because that one's <laughs> that, unique to him. That is good. Um the, the last time I gave someone some advice, um, I gave Noah some advice on Instagram, and it, um, it, 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 the, uh, the, the thin-skinned folk—I'll say it <laughs> in, in the most nice way I can—got, got their, uh, 
panties in a twist. But I'm going to give you some advice too. I looked through your photos, and you are an extremely. Um, I'm going to sound like your uh, like my dad right now. Um, you're an extremely handsome man, like almost model quality, um, with a short haircut. Um, you, you kind of have a little bit of Brad Pitt in you. And, uh, now you, um, look like, um, now you look like a farm boy. So I suggest you, um, before you go to the CrossFit games, you get a pair of clippers and you, um, shave off that beautiful mullet of yours. I'm surprised. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe there's a, maybe, maybe. I'm surprised it's coming from you, Savon, because uh, your kids had long hair for such a long time. They did. They did. They were kind of <laughs> going for the samurai look, though. They were going for that samurai beach boy look. I, the the one the only good thing I heard say heard about your mullet was that it protects your neck from getting sunburn, and it I does. always appreciate a functional haircut. <laughs> but you look like such a um, you look so young with with your hair head shaved and you look so like just rugged and manly and now and now you look like you belong on the back of a pickup truck with pigs and uh, <laughs> a shotgun which, which may, maybe i mean shit maybe tyson's also about to manly. give you a maybe maybe tyson's about to give you a huge sponsorship and they and they want the mullet so who who am i i'm no i'm no agent do you have an agent no just me i do it all You're, you're a one man show. And so you have a coach, but no agent. Um, w- would you co- consider Armand your coach? Yep, absolutely. <clears throat> and does he give you, does he give you programming? Yep. So he has, uh, he puts out programming for kind of like, uh, I guess it started out just like people at Kilo who wanted to compete, just their competitors programming. And then Luke Schaefer, who was at the games last year, um, he was a kilo athlete from Sierra Falls. He puts out a, he does a kilo training programming now that like people can buy and whatnot. So I do like all my lifting and stuff comes from Armand and then I'll, I kind of pick through the workouts that they have. And then I also do my own workouts just because I feel like uh, I definitely need something individualized just to help fill in the holes in my game. Like uh, there's no program out there that's going to program wall balls as often as I need to do wall balls. So I just kind of take care of that myself and like, um, like let's say that the first workout for the day that they've got programmed is like thrusters and chest bar, then the second one is like burpees and handstand push-ups. Like I'm not gonna do both of those. I'll sub in like a rowing wall ball workout for one of them. There's no reason for me to do those type of movements that often when I my time is better spent getting better at the things that I am not as good at. Is there anyone at the games that you're interested in meeting, getting to know? Mm. I don't know. I've met a few of them uh, just from competitions here and there, like the Rogue Invitational in uh, Dubai and uh, Mayhem and whatnot. But um, I don't know if there's anybody I necessarily want to meet. Uh, you know, they're just competitors. But uh, the one guy that I, got, I like, I really like Cole Sager, actually. He's a pretty nice guy in person. He kind of uh, talked to me a little bit when I was at Rogue my first year and uh, – had a little bit of wisdom for me and stuff, but so I really appreciate him and seeing him at competitions and seeing him do well. Yeah, he is he is he is ex- exceedingly nice and polite. I agree. Which is Can funny. We, uh, not, go ahead. I'm not usually into that. When I, wanna, the, I wanted to ask. Are overly nice. I wanted to ask him about. 
like on social. You're not media usually into that. Is that what you said? No, it's kind of it comes off fake a lot of times to me. Like um, when they do it on social media or interviews or whatever. But Kolzak, he's a pretty good dude, I think. After meeting him in person. Both Cole Sager and Noah Olson are, I think they're pretty unique in that regard that they might seem that super, super nice kind of guy and that's just how they are. But when the competition, when 3-2-1-go happens, like a flip switch for those guys and they turn into a fierce competitor on the floor, it's, I don't think that that, that drastic of a, of a switch that they have is something that you can teach or fake. Yeah, I agree. I, do you think Noah has that switch? You think Noah has that switch? <clears throat> Oh yeah. I mean, definitely, I see it in Cole, um, and and but Noah is pretty. Um, I feel like he's. I, I don't see. I don't see the multiple sides to to Noah, and it is interesting that some people find his kindness um, cheesy. Um, and I remember one year at the games, he said he showed up at the games. And I'm like, hey, you seem different this year. And he goes, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to take the games more seriously based on the criticism I've been getting. And then halfway through the games, he's um, he he wasn't doing well. He's all, fuck this, I'm dropping the serious shit. I'm going back to me being playful and jovial. And and I was like, yeah, that's who you are. I just watch him the ten seconds before an event starts, and you see it. I wanted to, Colton. I want to ask you about when you. When you got into reading all that nutrition literature, you said you went on a little bit of a nutrition kick. And then later on, you said that you, you know, you're always open to learning. I was curious because I would assume that someone who's got the, the background you have with wrestling, where you have to be conscious of your weight all the time. And then obviously CrossFit, where, you know, fueling your body for the kind of volume you want to do is critical. During that time when you were reading through all that nutrition stuff, the reason I usually don't do that is because it's overwhelming for me. Like, I feel like I already know pretty much what, what I want to do. But was there anything that you picked up on there that, that really like transformed or changed the way that you approach the nutrition side of trying to achieve the goals you have now? Yeah. <clears throat> um, so one of the big changes I made was I started cutting out more carbs and introducing more fat into my macros. I think that helped make a big difference. Um, I think everyone's body is a little bit different and probably runs better on different uh, probably macro percentages, but uh, I found a little bit higher fat diet helps me. And also just kind of the timing that I get my macros in. And uh, I I think ever since I've kind of increased my... So I read a lot of books. I started getting into kind of the area of like saturated fat and um, sugar and... uh, kind of the studies behind it and maybe the validity or of those studies and stuff like that. And so I decided to introduce more animal fats into my diet and I found that's uh, helped a lot. It's a little bit, um, not really mainstream and not, uh, maybe the conventional knowledge. People think saturated fats, uh, not so good for you. And they think, um, like, uh, fats from grains and vegetables a little bit better, but, um, I read some books that said otherwise, so I decided to try it out and that's uh, been working pretty well for me. That's a that's a key too. Is you have to try it for yourself and mm-hmm. and give it give it a fair shot, and you know have it have enough of a insight. Okay, I know how I feel eating this way. I'm gonna try this. Make this one change for a month or two. Mm-hmm. See if I notice anything different. And I completely agree that you know the same. If you and I made the same change, we might not both like it or or see the same kind of results out of it. But if I don't try it for myself, it's hard to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a hard kind of. Colton, uh, 
area to I, really figure things out because there's so many studies that are conflicting. And uh, I think part of that maybe is just because everyone's body is a little bit different. Everybody probably needs their own kind of uh, setup, what works best for them. Colton, um, how did that um, post do when you, when you pushed the bale of hay? Was that was that a successful post for you? Um, I don't know. I haven't really looked. I see it has thirty it has thirty seven comments. It was five posts ago. That probably sounds like more comments than I used to Were you to pushing get. the bale of hay in front of the camera? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I think it did I, well. I'm all, I'm man. I'm full of I'm full of all sorts of advice for you today. I'd love to see <laughs> you doing more farm stuff even stage shit you know what i mean like even yeah. throwing a bale of hay onto the uh back back of a truck i'm um, just doing i mean the, you have such a great opportunity it's such a crazy um it, it really is uh, it, and i think armin drove this home too it really is unfathomable the schedule you're keeping and the kind of work you do i mean there's a difference between velner going to school all day and Fikowski going to school and Camille going to school and Fraser going to school versus um, what you're doing. You went to school and now you're working this incredibly difficult job in temperatures that are over 100 degrees and then you're coming home late at night and, tra and training and training. And uh, me just personally on a personal level, I'd love to just see more of your day. So that's my yeah. that's my two cents as a former media director of CrossFit Inc. <laughs> during its explosive growth from 2007 to 2018 so and i, and I won't even charge you for that this <laughs> from the bottom of my heart or top of, or top of my heart well i think you're you're actually you're right you're definitely right and i make a lot of good points and i agree but it's just really hard for me to uh kind of take the time to do that stuff with how busy i am and always kind of being by myself maybe when ally gets over here and she moves in she can help me out with that a little bit but yeah, I agree. I don't post it nearly as much as a lot of athletes do, but I think I don't really have a lot of free time. I don't I don't like messing around with the camera very much to uh, kind of get that stuff taken care of. I just kind of want to get the work done, and uh, social media is a very far second in my priorities right now. But uh, you definitely make a good point. Maybe I should uh, put a little more work into that or have somebody help me out. And, and and don't change anything because you're doing great, by the way. Um, is the screen on your iPhone broken? Nope. Mm. Damn. I mean, can't you see that, Brian? His screen on his iPhone should definitely be broken with some, <laughs> like, tape on it and shit. He works no, on I, a farm and he's got a mullet. I I understand that, yeah. But, uh, no, I like taking care, good care of my stuff. I'm actually, like... Uh, Probably the opposite of what you think. I'm a pig farmer, but I'm like super clean. I'm always like my room's always really, been really clean, even in college, and take hygiene really seriously. Did you take a shower before the podcast? I know you put in a couple hours of work on the farm this morning. Did you shower or just change your shirt or what's the deal? Yeah, shower and change, change clothes. Um, and I got done with chores this morning. They want to smell like a pig and look all disheveled. Hey, I'm, I'm even looking at, I'm, I have your Instagram open in the window next to me right now. And even your picture that you have in your, I don't know what kind of machine you're on. That's not an assault bike, is it? My but even look picture? at your hair in that picture. That was the yeah. beginning of the mullet. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice cut. <laughs> that was the beginning of the mullet. That was like the first few weeks. 
I was starting to grow it along. Your your CrossFit total, a 525-pound back squat, a 235-pound shoulder press, insane, by the way, just insane, and a 520-pound deadlift for a total of 1,280. When you see that, um, are you... Are, are are you happy with that? Uh, yeah. I mean, that would have, if you put that into the games, it would have been a pretty good score. But it, I don't like to say like, oh, I did this in training and it would have placed whatever at this competition because you can never replicate competition. But um, yeah, I feel like my numbers for powerlifting and uh, like the CrossFit total are definitely better compared to the other athletes than uh, my Olympic lifting, and that's just because like. Started started lifting in high school for football and wrestling, so I've just been doing those movements a lot longer. And I really only started Olympic lifting a few years ago, so I'm just taking me a little bit of time to catch up there. But yeah, I would have definitely been happier to see like a back squat at the Granite Games than a snatch, which is a uh, you know, of course, the, the Olympic lifts are kind of king as far as one rep maxes go in competitions, as they probably should be. But it's just uh, something I need to keep getting better at. Hey, Bri- Brian, what do you think about the – sorry, go ahead, Brian. I was going to ask you, though, if you could tie this into after is, – is that normal, that back squat deadlift, uh, a back squat of 525 and a deadlift of 520? Like, is that normal? No, no. You usually would expect the um, deadlift to be higher than the back squat, but the uh, it's kind of weird. The deadlift is – I think the deadlift is an outlier relative to a lot of other lifts. Like, sometimes there's guys that are amazing at deadlift that aren't that good at other strength implements and vice versa. Um, but I also, you know, we know that there'll be some kind of strength test at the games. And if you're looking at what's, you know, kind of been tested already this year, it's a crapshoot. I mean, they've, we've, a lot of the semifinals had snatching, but, you know, Dave didn't program the semifinals. And I don't know that he's going to say like, oh, they, you know, most of them tested that. So we'll test it there. He might say, oh, we didn't test a heavy snatch in the uh, online qualifier. So that's still a fair shot. But we also saw three rep max deadlift in the in the uh, last chance qualifier, but that's only two guys, so deadlifting could come back. We had a front squat test. Could we see a back squat test? Could we see an overhead squat test? Who knows what we're going to see? And I and I am kind of always kind of curious. There was that second CrossFit total. Like we've tested the CrossFit total three times at the games now. Maybe they're going to test the second version of the CrossFit total this year. So I think there's a huge question mark in terms of what strength element will be tested. But if I was picking one, I'd probably choose the clean and jerk because we haven't seen it at all this competition season as a heavy lift. Brian has spoken. <laughs> yeah, with my and he's like, usually right. and back squat, um, I think it's got mostly to do with my, my anatomy. I have really short arms and a long torso and short legs. So like short legs help with the squat. <clears throat> <clears throat> um, but then it kind of backfires on the deadlift. Like people who have really long arms and a short torso seem to be outliers in the deadlift. But then I kind of got the really short arms and a long torso. I think that's just kind of part of that. You said you were, you got two injuries in high school. Um, one of them was a knee injury and the other one was a shoulder injury. Were those your fault? Meaning... Did you put yourself in a compromised position? How did those happen? What's, what are your thoughts on those injuries? Uh, well, the knee, the ACL and meniscus was at districts uh, my sophomore year of wrestling. So districts is like the the last step before the state championships. 
and uh, I was in the first match, and I just um, my toe. I was in my stance, just moving in my stance, and my toe just got stuck on the mat, and my knee bent outwards, and it was just kind of a strange accident like that. And then my shoulder, I don't know exactly when it happened, but I think it was from uh, one of my shots was uh, I had a really good outside sing sweep single, and you kind of uh, that's a lot of contact with your shoulder into the other person's kind of thigh or their knee. So I think maybe that that's just repetitive um, move. Maybe did my shoulder, but I can't remember a specific time from uh, when my shoulder actually got hurt. But uh, no, it's just I think those are just things that come along with the uh, sport of wrestling, that combat sport. You put yourself in a lot of precarious positions, and uh, really, it's just kind of luck. Can you beat Justin Medeiros in a wrestling match? I can beat everybody in a wrestling match. Line them up at the games. We'll have a tournament afterwards. No weight classes. I'm I'm secretly hoping that there's one event at the games where it ends up that, that Mertens and Medeiros are in the same heat battling for the event win or something like that, and it's mullet versus mullet. <laughs> I think everyone wants that. That's why I can't cut my hair now. Have so you long. spoke to People him? Become Do you attached know him? to it. I never spoke to him. Forget those people. <laughs> you haven't spoke to him. Um, have you spoken with any of the other rookies? Have you spoken with uh, uh, we we had Taylor Self on here and we had Jason Hopper on here. Have you spoken with either of them? Nope, haven't spoken with anybody really, not outside of my area. Has any? Okay, so no one's reached out to you. You guys don't like DM each other. They haven't talked shit to you. Jason Hopper hasn't told you to stay home. Don't bother coming. Nothing like that. No, maybe they're scared to say something like that to me. I don't know. They probably are. <laughs> um, when will you show up at? Um, when will you show up in Madison? What day will you show up? <clears throat> I think the twenty twenty fifth is when I'm going to get there. Sunday. I think we have to check in on Monday. Get there. Okay, the and it starts the on the twenty eighth. Okay. And is it going to be? How do you do in hotel rooms? Will you sleep well? Yeah, I'll probably sleep fine, and that's kind of part of why I want to get there a little bit early, give myself an extra day to kind of adjust to that hotel room and uh, get used to that environment. But I think I'll sleep fine. It'll be all right. I'm not too concerned about it. Colton, I often speculate that the, the 48 hours before competition is the most difficult for the athletes because, you know, as you've said already, you like to stay busy, you like to have stuff to do, and in that time period, you're like, man, but I, I want to be fresh for the competition. What do you like to do in the day or two before competition so that you're not, you know, going crazy mentally or you still have, I don't know, how do you spend that time? I didn't hear a word Brian said. He broke up so bad. Did you hear any of that, Colton? No, not really. <laughs> Damn. Okay, well, I was asking, what do you usually do in the – 48 hours before a competition because I think that's a tough time for athletes who like to always have something going on. Yeah, I try and I preferably would find something in the area to kind of go do and occupy your time because you're really not going to spend a lot of time training. Um, kind of do my normal recovery work, uh, make sure I got plenty of food prepped, and uh, just get organized for the competition. Get your your kind of gear and your clothing and everything organized, and uh, kind of plan out like your wake up times and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it's pretty chill, not doing a whole lot. You get a sweat in, 
but uh, yeah, more of the keep everything mostly the same as you can. Uh, the more you can keep everything kind of normal, the better. Colton, my probably my my last question: Do you do you enjoy this? The the I I know you enjoy. It, well, it sounds like you enjoy the training. It sounds like you enjoy the competition. You thrive under the pressure. Um, you, you enjoy what you're doing with your life, pushing your body hard. But how about this part of it, the podcast part and talking to people? Do you enjoy this part? <laughs> Um, <clears throat> well, it's been a little bit tough. Uh, I'm kind of more of an introverted person, so I get to know people. And, uh, I guess I'm not really used to talking to people all that often anymore because I work at the farm alone all day with the pigs and I train alone as well in my garage. But, uh, this is, I've done a few interviews now and, um, I don't know. It's all right. It's fun. I like, I like talking to you guys and answering questions, letting people get to know me. But, um, something I've been trying to get better at not being so, I guess, being a little bit more outgoing, trying to be a little more outgoing, I guess. Cool. Well, I enjoyed talking to you, and thanks for taking the call. Brian, do you want to say anything to him besides good luck, and I'll see you in Madison? No, I think it's great. I think it's great to have, <clears throat> um, have you at the games this year. I was, uh, I was excited that you did make it because I like having guys there that can win events, that can mix it up, that have the confidence you have. Uh, so I'm super excited for it. Thanks. Thanks, guys. I appreciate talking to you, and it's been fun to know you guys as well.